For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts you're listening to fox sports radio radio, radio. This is Straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live from Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday and live from Las Vegas, broadcasting on 225 FSR stations across this great nation. In studio, Steve Fezzik. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Maybe a surprise tomorrow, I hear. The rumor. He's doubling up on the pecs. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's what the Muscle and Fitness used to say, Faz. Remember when you were in your room all by yourself reading Muscle and Fitness? <laughs> yeah, but Jonas Knox is the one who actually delivers on those Monday, Wednesday, Friday <laughs> um, workouts, I believe, RJ, right? <laughs> Let's examine what you were trying to say there. He delivers on the work. You mean he works out? I read about it. <laughs> but, but he does, yes. Dealing with you is like a workout. It's, I mean, what is a workout, right? Is you're doing something you don't want to do for the better good. That's Steve Fezzik. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Now, he mentioned him. He's Jonas Knox. He's a Joe. He's in Los Angeles. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which the NFL preseason might get a little bit of a tweak. We've got Major League Baseball still fighting over how many games they're willing to play. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? On first take, ESPN, the lead of the entire show, the first topic, should Colin Kaepernick accept an NFL slot if offered. I think we've seen, in hindsight, perhaps we'll see if we're correct, the peak of this phenomenon. 
And I believe starting with Kaepernick and attempting to perhaps shade the conversation with, not shade as much, but inject into the conversation some facts about Cap, I think is going to help the entire conversation about all this because I believe the assumptions about Kaepernick from the average NFL fan are plain wrong. Yeah, and there's been some calls for an NFL team to sign Colin Kaepernick, and it was Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk who recently reported that Colin Kaepernick was, quote, more motivated to play than ever. Well, one of our – we're going to come up with kind of a, the top five things that Straight out of Vegas believes in. One of them strongly – and this is about not things like, uh, you know, we believe in apple pie and – you know, the American flag. No, this is about living life day to day. How do you deal with it? How do you look at the world, what it's thrown at you, and how do you interpret it? And one thing I know that would be on the list as we develop it, ask yourself what it costs the other person to do or say what they're doing or saying. If it doesn't cost them much or anything, it's probably worth about that much. And to me... It's easy to say, I want, I've never met someone that was ever, let's say, had a drinking problem or someone that wanted to lose weight or someone that wanted to get their career on track. I've never heard them say, you know, I'm not even trying, care less. Because if they, if they aren't trying, they wouldn't be talking about it. It mm. wouldn't be part of the conversation. It usually is good intentions and then what's happening at 5.30 in the morning. Do I know what Kaepernick's doing at 5.30 in the morning? No, but I haven't seen any indication that he's in the weight room. So we'll see. I mean, maybe we should just look at Instagram. That seems a cam tells us he's working out. But the reality is there has been, I think there's two ways to look at this. The first way is how good was Kaepernick at the time that he stopped playing in the NFL or that he stopped being offered a position in the NFL? So Fez, professional batter, we're straight out of Vegas. At the time of Kaepernick, in January 17, he played his last game, and then next season he wasn't on a team. At that time, what was your take on the quality of his quarterbacking? He was a well-below-average starting quarterback, about 27th best in the league. So you think he was better than some of the starters? Yes. Wow, that's generous. (laughs) So if you look at the numbers, in 2016 season— Ended in 17. He was one. He play, he started 11 games. He won one. So not, that's probably as bad as anyone, if not worse. Right? If you're one in 10, you're not a good player. Team's not a good team. Yeah. Have you ever seen a good quarterback go one in 10? Well, he had. Six, Have you ever seen a good quarterback go one never. in 10? All right. But you're saying he's not really wasn't a good quarterback. He was maybe 27th, is what you're saying. Right. All right. If you look at his QBR, and this is what's important to realize, Kaepernick in 2012, that season, almost won the Super Bowl. He was 24 years old. In 13, the next season, he played well. His QBR 66. That's outstanding. 14, QBR 60. Now, remember, QBR is from 1 to 100, like a percentage. So 60 says you're better than most of quarterback. That's good. Then 44 in 2015. And... Those quarterbacks in the 40s don't keep starting because they figure, hey, you're about as bad as you're going to be. Let's get someone else in here and see what they can do. So to me, I believe the following. Entering the 17th season when Kaepernick did not have a job, he most certainly was one of the 64 best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'm using 64 as in starter, backup. On every team. There's a backup dresses every game. So you got to have 64 as a starting point in the NFL. Now, you might have guys, a third quarterback, he dresses some days, you know, all that stuff. So now the question is, why didn't he have a job in 2017? So, Jonas, as a media observer, as a guy who loves sports as a fan, if I asked you your personal opinion, why Kaepernick didn't have a job in 2017, what would you say? I would say because the noise outweighed the production. I th- boy, that was succinct. I mean, I, that was like if he was getting paid by the word. I mean, I, no, but but he's so right. Is 
And this isn't an assessment of if it's right or wrong, but rather the NFL team's perspective was, okay, he's not, a, he's not, he might be one, you know, better than a couple starters, but no one that any team's going to be happy with. So every team that was in that Kaepernick range of a starter was saying, we got to get a better starter in here. We can't keep playing like right. this. So now the question is a backup. Well, why isn't Cam a backup right now? Right? As Colin Cowherd said on this very network, there are no celebrity backups. Because the very definition of a backup quarterback is you're not supposed to be the story, you're supposed to be helping. You're supposed, you know, think about the classic back. You know, Andy Dalton is a, a really good backup, but he's got that mentality. All right? Okay, I'll give you an example. Batch, Charlie Batch for the Steelers. Mm. As a Steeler fan, Charlie Batch was a great, he was like a quarterback coach on the team. Really undervalued what he did for the Steelers. Okay. So, if you had a business, just let's say you had a banana stand on the beach <laughs> and a lot of money in bananas. And let's say that you, what's the analogy here? Okay, let's just say there was a rock band or a, uh, you know, some type of musical group that was very controversial. Whereas half the people loved them, half the people hate them. Whatever, doesn't even matter. If you had a big poster of them in front of your banana stand, where if you look and you see bananas and you see that band, half the people is going to say, huh, I like that band. Oh, a banana, that sounds pretty good. Give me one of those. How much? All right, okay. And the other half are going to say, hmm, I don't want to go near that poster. I hate those people. Does it help your banana stand? No. Okay, now, what people might say is, oh, well, when we're talking about justice, when we're talking about whatever, of the things that are very important, life and death and justice, that you shouldn't care. And it's like, okay, that's a high bar to ask people to, uh, to run a business and say, don't care about your bottom line, care about the greater good, especially when there's 31 other teams. Meaning, in this case, if the league came together and voted, hey, one of us should have Kaepernick because it's going to look bad if we don't. And then even if that was the case, that is still looking out for their interest, not justice. But I think in general, the fact that all 32 could say, not my fault, there's 31 other people here, has made it easier for each of them to choose along the way to say, no, we don't want a celebrity backup. We don't want a distraction at backup. Yeah, I think that's a tremendous point you just made. Because if you went to all 32 owners and said, look, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and have a lottery. And one of you is going to win. And you're going to have Kaepernick as your backup quarterback. I think the vast majority of the owners would say, that's great. I am for that. But they recognize whoever gets Kaepernick likely will have extreme distractions that may make that individual team worse while the overall league is stronger. Steve Fezzik, I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. And I'm not even sure how much better Kaepernick was as a backup as we went past 17. So 17, a total year of inactivity, not by his choice. You get into 18, another year. And whatever the equation was in 17, distraction versus yield to the team, that equation became less attractive to have Kaepernick in 18. He's a year older. And 19, less attractive, a year older. And not only older, but away from the game. Yes. It's tough. I, I mean, we've seen it, Jonas, with catastrophic injuries. If, if people who are away, players away from the game for two full seasons, sometimes, I mean, now, it's hard to know how much of it is the injury but it's hard to come back, wouldn't you say, observationally? Yeah, no, I think if you look at any sport, whether it was, you know, Gordon Hayward coming back from that devastating ankle injury, he wasn't the same for a while, or Paul George, and those sports aren't even close to being as physical as the NFL is. So the fact that he would just step away for three years and then we think that he could just walk right back in and be one of, you know, a, a fringe starting quarterback, I think is unrealistic. Yeah, whatever he was in, in 16. I think unequivocally he would have to be less now would be the, the smart money. Yeah. Now, there's a couple other considerations. One is if you're a mobile quarterback, as Kaepernick is and was, your physical skills become even more important. 
Whereas a Tom Brady, whatever drop-off he's had as a pocket passer, physically, it affects his game. His differentiation wasn't his physical dominance. Kaepernick, a significant chunk of his really strong performance early in his career was about his physical skills, how fast he was, his ability to run. Now, on the other side, you could say running quarterbacks are more valued today than they were back then. Thus, maybe his value goes up. Even if his relative performance drops a little bit, the NFL values a mobile quarterback more today. And maybe his value as a backup quarterback where he can go in for two or three games and be able to risk running something he may not be able to do over the course of a 16-game season. Well, that's a good point because we always talk about when you run, you're taking a risk. And then the question becomes, and it makes the first take First topic, pretty interesting, which is, should he even deign? Should he even lower himself to play in the NFL? And I get it. If you believe the NFL is a systemically racist organization owned by a bunch of racists, why would you? I mean, I get it. You wouldn't want to be a part of it. It just seems like, to whatever degree you could make that point today about the NFL that point of being systemically racist and so abhorrent, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it seems like the point would have been more easy to make. Hmm. Whereas the trend line seems positive for society. Trend line in the NFL seems positive. Doesn't mean that they couldn't still somehow be that systemically racist. But then why did Kaepernick play to start with? Why, you know, and why are the people who are talking about this on TV usually either former NFL players or people that would probably take an NFL contract if offered to them. So it's easy for us to tell other people what money they should leave on the table. And that includes the owners. And I'll leave this topic with one question. And I'm going to leave it unanswered because I don't think there is an answer, which actually is the answer. Uh huh. Here it is. When has the NFL ever let anything other than the bottom line be bigger than the bottom line? Ray Rice, if Ray Rice was 23 years old, Ray Rice would have gotten signed. Jonas, you talked about that at length. Yeah. Does anyone here believe Ray Rice would be, you know, on film, violence against women, et cetera, whatever the NFL gave him, suspension-wise, whatever, the minute that was up, he would have been on a team if he could have helped that team win. Agreed, Jonas? Agreed. Fez? Agreed. Can we think of a case— if O.J. Simpson would have, after that trial, still been a top 10 running back, O.J. would have been on a team. You think I'm kidding? I mean, I, I just want to see where the NFL ever said, no, thank you. We, we'll, you keep the money. We got our ethics. I haven't seen it. So I truly believe these NFL teams felt, and they could have been wrong, but who's, this is what they do for a living is assess how good quarterbacks are, how good players are. I think they truly believed Kaepernick's distraction wouldn't be worth whatever added value he gave on the field. They could have been wrong, but I believe that's what they thought. And you can always trust. If someone's always going to do the same thing, you can trust they keep doing it. The NFL, what do they do? They look out for their own interests. And yes, I think distraction was a factor, but boy, if, he was any, if Kaepernick was what he was in 2012... He would have had a job in 2017. Oh, no, no question at all. And the bottom line is I think a lot of NFL teams, like you mentioned, said, you know what, I can have one guy holding the clipboard that's not a distraction, another guy that's about equal to that, that is a distraction. You do the math, I'll take the guy that doesn't have the controversy. And we're not saying that that's the way it should be. We're not here telling the way the world should be. We're here to tell you the way the world is. When we come back, you know, I want to talk about Dana White and I want to talk about baseball. What do those two have in common? We'll tell you. That's coming up next, but first straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in-store or curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will compare two completely different professional organizations. And a redraft of the entire NFL coming up. That's fascinating because it considers age. Let's just say I wish I was playing poker against some of the people doing this redraft. <laughs> Ooh, dog. I, and that's what I love about Vegas. There's nothing. I can't lie. I hate socialism. I'm not talking about socialism like, oh, Social Security is really socialism. No, no, no. I'm talking about the pure, you know, everybody to their, you know, everyone gets to their need and everyone gives to their ability that purest version of it, I hate it. And you know why? Because when someone does wrong, the only thing that keeps me sane is that they're going to pay for it. The idea that they can just be as dumb or as wrong as they want and la, 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 <laughs> and everything's fine, I would be, I mean, let's just say this. I'd be in prison. I mean, or I'd be dead. You know, who knows what it would be? Because at some point there'd be so much rage but then if i see someone let's say in a drive-thru and they're doing something stupid you know i'm not talking stupid like oh they can't do algebra i'm saying stupid like um they're not washing their hands they're kind of laughing you know they ha ha you can't make me like 
I'm just thinking, okay, I'm okay. I'm not going to go crazy because they're going to get their comeuppance. At some point, their stupidity is going to make them pay. And hopefully, they learn from it and they're not so stupid after, right? So, <laughs> to me, I look at ESPN's draft in the redraft and I think, boy, that's dumb. Boy, <laughs> that's dumb. Now, I don't want any pain for them. I'm just thinking, how could I exploit them? Can I exploit them somehow? That's why I love Vegas. How can we make money off of yeah, it? Yeah, because if, if you're wrong in Vegas, every mistake you make, you pay. It's almost like a microcosm of the world. Because you do pay in the world for every mistake. You just don't know when it's going to happen. Yes. All those hamburgers, Fads, one day you pay. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever the cost of open heart surgery is, you pay. Is it going to cost me to order the children's meal even when I'm eating it? <laughs> As you can see, this is why... Straight out of Vegas, fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio, up over double. And that's because of you, because you hate stupid people too, I think. Because we do have the smartest audience in all of sports talk. 96 degrees right now on the strip. Neon still on. Jonas, let me ask you you host a lot of shows. Yeah. You'd have to agree, smartest audience in radio right here, right? Yeah, when it comes financially, absolutely. Which, well, what which else is, is an there? important thing. Well, I mean, I think they look at. <laughs> I think this audience looks at sports completely differently than a lot of other audiences do. Because and they're a, proud of it, baby. Yeah, yeah, they are. There's a financial impact, of course. <laughs> um, so, RJ, speaking of which, there are two different worlds that are currently going on. You've got the UFC that has managed to come up with not only several fight cars, but they've got a cage on a beach in Abu Dhabi, and they're going to have a fight island. And then you've got Major League Baseball, which still can't get it together, although Rob Manfred, their commissioner, said earlier today that he guaranteed there would be some sort of a season. Well, let's start with the baseball, because I think what's not being said as clearly is the following. Because the NFL or MLB owners are locked in effectively to the deal they made in March. And to recap that deal, it was saying, okay, if there's less than 162 games, whatever percentage of games we play, that's the percentage of the contract you're going to get. Fez? You have a term you like? Pro rata. Pro rata. Right? It's, per, it, it, it's a ratio. So you play half the games, you get half your money. Later, owner said, huh, we didn't think that went all the way through. Because if there's not fans in the stands, we're not going to make as much per game as we typically would. Why should the players make as much per game? That's the heart of the dispute. Players have every right to say, hey, 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 we made the deal's a deal. Deal is a deal. I think that's a fair point because the owners have the upside. They should have the downside. That's my belief as an owner myself of a small business is the idea that you get the upside, but you got to take the downside. Now, if you want to spread around the downside, then spread around the upside. And that's what the NFL does. When you do a rev share, mm -hmm. you're spreading around both. And that's why there seems to be a clear partnership with the NBA and the players, the NFL and the players, because it's rev share. And you make more money as a league. The players and the owners, everyone makes more money. And it's you know pretty much down the middle. So yeah. it all makes sense. Anything that hurts you hurts me. And that's good, because if it helps me, it helps you. Baseball, no. So the owners want extra, then you pay extra when you lose, when things don't go well. Okay, but here's what we know. That deal was signed, and the owners... Don't want games now. They are going to lose unless the players took a significant concession per game. Owners are losing per game, so the owners are thinking, "Huh, each game is a loss, but we got to keep the business open. If somehow we ha close it and lose another World Series, it could affect our value of our." Uh, teams by 30%, 20%. Future earnings, losing fans, etc. And I think big time. I think yep. big time. So to me, right now, MLB's saying each game they play would lose about $640,000. Now, to me, let's assume that number's about half that because they're going to cook mm -hmm. the books. That still means they want to play the least number of games. So baseball has the right to say, we're going to play X games. And based on the March agreement, players are going to have to go along with it. They want X to be as small as possible if they're going to lose per game, but they still want to get to the postseason. 
So, Jonas, I'm hearing what, like 48 or something? Yeah, 48 games is the one that they agreed upon. Uh, so that was so at the very at the worst case scenario, if we do have a season, it would be just under 50 games. Now, the only way we wouldn't have a season is if the player said we're not going to honor this deal, right? Or the owner said, you know, we're not going to honor the deal because it seems like that the idea of the 48. I would make the following case. That is extremely likely, meaning there's probably a 10% chance, 20% chance they don't play at all because one of the sides thinks it's so bad they're just going to say, take me to court kind of thing. But in general, I think it's either 48 games or more is the real viable options here. And maybe that's why we're not seeing any sense of urgency because the owners are thinking, well, there's a ticking clock. Every day that goes by, there's less games we can play. But if the players aren't going to take a concession, we don't want to play a lot of games. So they, they drag this out, the owners. It makes the players look bad, in theory. And then in the end, they say, okay, we're going to play, we'll play. And then they got time for 48. Uh, it, it's good strategy, but it feels like it's really like telling the fans we just don't care. Does anyone see it any other way in regards to we very likely are going to have a season it's going to be the minimum because the owners are losing per game, but they want to have a season because there's a bigger loss if they don't. And the players are saying, hey, owners are going to have to eat this anyway. Let's force them to eat it. And neither are saying, we'll take a little pain now for the good of the game. I don't think it's extremely likely we're going to have a season, RJ, and here's why. I agree with everything you've said, but when we hit that point where the owners say, all right, we're going to go to a 48-game season that's contractually um, in accordance with our March agreement. We're going to play ball. The player, the individual players still have an opt-out. They don't have to play. If enough of those players, let's say, what, what do you do if a fourth of the league but says what, they what, won't play? What would be the motivation of those players? Because they, they got the deal they wanted. They'd be getting 30 cents on the dollar in terms well, of what they expect but, to but, make. But hold on. Pro rata... <laughs> They'd be getting the same amount, right? Yes. Per game. Yes. And if anything, they need that money more. I mean, one of the whole kind of secrets of these strikes and lockouts is the players don't have, as Avon said in The Wire, we want to see who's got a bigger war chest. Well, the owners usually have the bigger war chest. Yeah, that's a great point. And some, a lot of the players saying, hey, maybe we're just not going to play at all. Are they bluffing? And come August 1st, will they be on the field? But I think we're hearing the least of that when it comes to baseball, wouldn't you say? Of players like on background or whatever saying, oh, we might not want to play. I'm hearing that in the NBA more than No, baseball. I'm hearing in baseball. What, what, what do you think, Jonas? Uh, I think that I've heard a lot of players come out and be very doubtful. They don't want to say, you know, we're not going to play a season, but I've heard players that are very skeptical uh, skeptical about anything getting done. And then you've had former players that are kind of split. You've got former players who have argued with current players on Twitter saying, listen, this is bad look for the game. We should have a product on the field. This is an opportunity here. And then you've had other ones that have been defensive of the Players Association and saying, no, they need to stand their ground. They cannot let the owners, and they can't set a precedence like this. So it's sort of a split between former players, but current players are more skeptical. That's Jonas Knox. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. I agree with everything you're saying. I think the thing that's not being discussed enough is the, the position of inactivity, meaning if nothing happens, what will happen is a 48-game season. It, yes. will, it will take a real strong action. And when I say strong, I mean not good necessarily – for the owners to say, screw it, we're not going to do it, or the players collectively to say, we're not going to do it. Both parties understand no season is so much worse than a 48-game season. What they won't understand is how the 48 looks so bad. It shows the disregard of the fans. It's like, oh, yeah, you'll do it when there's a big consequence not to. But if you have a little bit of a loss by doing it, but doing it for the fans, you won't do it. That's all. The takeaway here is that the owners, the players, both of them, individually, collectively, will only do what they have to do for their own self-interest. And if the fans benefit, fine. It's incidental. But it's all about their own self-interest. And there, it is billionaires and millionaires. And we can debate, well, are you on the billionaire side or the millionaire side? It's a false choice. We're not on either of their sides. We're nothing like them. I'm not anything like them. 
right? National radio show, yeah, it's a different universe. Mil- you know, I mean, again, millionaires, yeah, but we're not talking about millionaires. We're talking about 20, 30 million a year for the guys that are helping make these decisions. It's not a, you know, in your life you save a million dollars, which is a hell of an accomplishment, but it's not what we're talking about. It's talking about guys that if they lost a check for a million dollars, they might not know it. That's the millionaires that we're talking about here, like Chevy Chase and Caddyshack. <laughs> so I have nothing in common, really, with either of them, millionaires or billionaires in this case. And I'll tell you this, I know they don't care about me. They don't care about the fans because their actions would show otherwise. It shows in their proposals. And here we get another one today from the players wanting to play 89 games. They know the owners aren't going to agree yeah. to this. I it's mean, just some of this is PR, but you got in the end, it's what you do. The clock's ticking. Every day that goes by is one less game. And you know what? Neither of them care. And my final word to baseball is... So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. But we know that's not going to happen. Live news update. <laughs> the other side of the equation, Dana White. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Now, baseball, we know what they think. They think about themselves. UFC. Does Dana White think about himself? Yeah. But Dana White is the fan in a way. And to me, that's the first generation versus the future generations. If you have a business, if it's countries, think about America in 1930, 1920, is the assumption was, hey, you might die in the alleyway if you don't have enough money. You get your kidney has a problem, they're going to throw you in the alley. Is that good? Hell no, it's not good. But it was. And there was a culture of, hey, you better go do X or Y, go to school, get a job, or, or you're not going to be able to survive. And that hunger, you know, that, 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 the pre- you know, we're losing these people, just the math of aging. You know, my grandfather passed away last year at 95, you know, grew up during the Depression, stormed the beaches of Normandy, and he saw a lot of things. I, you know, I'm grateful in a way I had, didn't see. You know, a lot of tough stuff. And it hardens people into a certain worldview. And then you got the kids of those people and the kids of the kids. And especially when they're rich. And, the, you know, you see it in every movie. It's the 55-year-old dad who had to crawl his way up, fight, fight, fight. He built a business. Now his son doesn't care, right? Mm-hmm. Makes sense because the son hasn't gone through those things. I look at Dana White, and I think first generation. I think this is a guy who has hundreds of millions now. Let's give him credit. But he's the guy that didn't have hundreds of millions when he was 20. And what he's done in the interim is what earned it for him. And to me, that is the American dream. Dana White, an example of it. And to me, it makes me want to like the UFC more. I feel like Dana cares as much. You know, my threshold is, do the participants care more than the fans? Or do the fans care more? Or is it equal? I'll take equal. But when the fans care more than the participants, the fans are idiots. Because they don't care. Why should you care so much? That's why people have so much problems when the NBA guys are shaking hands and hugging after games. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you want to say about Isaiah... He cared about losing. He cared about as much as the fans. I know, Jonas, you are a true expert at the UFC. You follow it closely. I'm looking from the outside. Do you think I got Dana White correct? Yeah, no, he's hustled his ass off trying to get fights on, trying to get this figured out. He was told no by the state of California. He continued on. He tried to, you know, put something together on an island, finally got it to go. Then he went to Florida. He had the guts to go out there to be the first real big-time league to do testing, have somebody test positive, and still put on the fight event the next night. He went through all of that. He's taken PR hits, and on top of it, he's got multiple fighters that are completely complaining about their pay during a pandemic and here he is with another fight card this weekend one coming up next month and several after that i think he's i think he's been fantastic through this whole thing i think we forget that the nfl wasn't all that big in the 80s like this is fairly new this billions and billions of dollars and as 
the participants get further and further away from the fans when it comes to their worldview, their experiences. I think it's going to be a big challenge for these leagues. And I think, uh, like, the UFC doesn't feel like that. Now, in 30 years, when it's Dana, you know, the grandkids of not necessarily Dana White, but that generation, are they going to feel it? Probably not. And you know what? That's the Darwinian element of this thing. Survival of the fittest, natural selection is leagues will come. And baseball used to be the undisputed king of American sports. No question. And now it's not. And I think the macho man will close with this. This is why. Listen, this is why. Comparatively speaking, you are like a grain of sand in the Sahara Desert. Yeah. And I am the entire desert. We're the grain of sand. Baseball. (laughs) It's the desert. At least so they think. When we come back... You'd think I had that plan. Didn't even have a plan, Jonas. It just <laughs> happens sometimes. And sometimes it goes really wrong. Speaking of wrong, NFL redrafted ESPN. Oh, they were wrong. We'll tell you where. That's coming up next. But first, straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in-store or curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media. 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So R.J., ESPN, a couple of days ago, redrafted the entire NFL in this year's draft order, and I think they got some things wrong. <laughs> it was a couple of days ago? I just heard about it. All right. Patrick Mahomes, one. Russell Wilson, two. Lamar Jackson, three. Watson, four. Aaron Donald, or Donald, five. All right. I love that a D tackle is going high. A lot of people believe the best player in the NFL is Donald. Now, what do we mean by best? Meaning relative to the competition, et cetera. But when you draft as you draft for value. And what we know is quarterback is king in the NFL. So to me, the question is, how much is Donald worth? Let's start there, per game. He is the most important player defensively. He's worth 1.5 points. 1.5. I've never heard a, a Vegas guy say 0. 0.5. One and a half. <laughs> One and a half. That's how you know on those other shows where they don't know what they're talking about. They go, the line is 3.5 in this game. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> was, that like, was that like some homage to like the show? All right. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell, who would have said one and a half. Okay. Now, you've got your quarterback list, and in that quarterback list, you've got the starting quarterback's value over the backup. Right? Do you yes, have that in front of you? I do. How many of the starters are more than one, more than one and a half points? So two points or more, or as you would call it, 2.0 points or more better? About 20. So you're saying there's actually 12 quarterbacks that they are within about a point and a half of their backups? Yeah, approximately. Yeah. Really? Read, read me that list real fast. All right. Stidham, <laughs> Haskins, Locke. Minshew, I can't. You, I gotta stop you. Did I, I go read it fast? It goes. Give me the list. Where? Where's it from? Okay, it's this column. You know, we. You're back tomorrow, right? Because Jonas has a day off. If you'll have me. This is what we're gonna do tomorrow. We're gonna have Faz read the twelve names as fast as he can, and you can prep it. And and we're gonna literally lead the beat the second block about twenty after with that. Okay. All right. But in general, even quarterbacks you don't think that are particularly all that good, like uh, Josh Allen. How much you know? How much better is he than his backup? One second, Josh Allen, my number seventeen quarterback, three points better than Barkley. Okay, so you think Josh Allen, there's a debate about, wow, you know, is it a bad draft choice? Are they going to pick him up for his 50-year option? You know, Sam uh, Darnold, same question, right? How much is he better than his backup? One point better. Oh, well. Flacco. A lot of people might, oh, okay. But again, we don't know what Flacco really is with his back at this point. What we're saying is this. As much as it's cool that Donald, a D-tackle, got picked early, it's really a bad pick because you think about it, a quarterback, when they're really good, are about seven or eight points better than an average backup. And even like the, I'm just going to ram, Dak Press, oh, well, that's actually different. Who's the 10th best quarterback on your list? Number 10, uh, Ryan for Atlanta. He's worth five and a half points. Now think about that. Matt Ryan's the 10th best quarterback in the NFL, and he's five points or so five better. Five and a half better than Matt Schwab. Matt Schwab. And, you know, where's Matt Ryan on this list? I'm looking at the top 20, and I, don't, oh, I see him 16. So Matt Ryan versus an average backup, you know, almost to tell you, you know, five, six points. Donald versus an average D tackle, one and a half points. So as much as I love non-quarterbacks getting attention – quarterback is king in the NFL at a level that actually makes me uncomfortable because the fans are so quarterback driven and I hate when the fans are right because I, I if, if the kind of public answer is right you can't make money on it but they're right in this case if you don't have a good quarterback you can't win and this draft probably should have had all quarterbacks in the top 20 or so we'll talk about it more tomorrow 
If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. The Odd Couple is next on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. We are straight out of Vegas. Back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.